is up, everyone. Welcome to On the Power Play, episode 11. We are back to talk hockey. It's me, Brian, with Matt and Adam. What's up, boys? Hey. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. We're back on a Tuesday. Well, for those of you listening, it's a Wednesday, but we record on Tuesdays. Happy belated Valentine's Day, too. That was happy belated Valentine's Day. Also, happy Fat Tuesday. Hope you guys had a donut or five today. Uh, this is one of my favorite holidays because I love donuts. So that's that. I mean, who who doesn't love a good donut? Let's true. be honest. It's true. I gotta ask you guys though, what is your favorite donut? Glazed, just glazed. Simple guy. That's so boring. Just glazed. Simple, simple guy. Oh my god, Come on now. Johnny Ham and cheese. Johnny Ham and cheese. Seriously though, you eat like a child. Uh, I have two, I think. It's going to be a, a glazed chocolate donut and a, a glazed blueberry donut. Ooh, okay. Those blueberry donuts are mwah. Yes, the blueberry donuts are very good. I, I will not complain with that choice. For me, uh, and it's the only good thing to ever come out of Boston, it's the Boston cream donut. Give me that 10 times out of 10. I'm a huge Boston cream guy. Love it. And like I said, the only good thing to come out of Boston uh, ever. I <laughs> think. I, it's, I think it's a well-known thing on this podcast how much I hate the Bruins. So, what about Kevin um, Hayes? You like Kevin Hayes? Hayes? I do. I do. I do love Kevin Hayes. Okay, so it's Kevin Hayes and Boston cream donuts—the two best things to come out of Boston <laughs> ever. <laughs> Kevin Patrick Hayes and Boston cream donuts. <laughs> That's all I need in my life. That's it. Um, so to talk some hockey, we'll get into it away from the donut conversation. Uh, usually I start the show off with um, any COVID updates, but right now it looks like the league's kind of on the other end of this latest uh, COVID situation. Uh, most of the eight teams that went under lockdown are coming back uh, within the week or within the next week. So that's kind of good news to talk about how they're kind of on the other end of that. Um, there is going to be a whole lot of schedule mishaps because of it though. Uh, teams schedules are getting flipped around. Uh, teams are, not playing full eight games against other opponents in their division because of the scheduling mishaps. Um, then there's even weirder stuff going on. Like for example, in the, uh, I, I think it's the West. No, I think it might be the central, but the, uh, the blues and the coyotes played six games in a row against each seven. other, seven games, seven, seven yeah. games a row against each other. And it was, it's, it's just, it's too funny kind of in a way when it comes to like that kind of scheduling thing, because I saw on the Blues Instagram they posted a meme, um, and it was, it was um, that that cartoon with the brain, uh, and and Pinky. What what Pinky show is that? The, Pinky, Pinky and, and the brain. brain. Okay, exactly. Thank you. That, <laughs> man, I am stupid. Okay. <laughs> on. Um, At but, least it's a self-explanatory show. It is. <laughs> But uh, they posted, and it was like, well, what do you want to do today, Brain? And it was like, what well, we do every day, Pinky, play the Coyotes. And it was too good. I saw it the was, Coyotes had a really good tweet. I got to see if I could find it. Yeah, no, that, at least they're making jokes of a, of a kind of a tough situation. They're just trying to play light of it, which I think is nice for them to attempt to do. Um, but, yeah, no, it's, it's – it's Rick nice. Tocket versus Craig Berube for seven straight games. For seven coaches. straight games as coaches. It was it was interesting to watch, that's for sure. But it's nice to know that the league is kind of on the other end of that situation. Of course, there's always a chance that it can happen again, uh, but hopefully not. Hopefully they, uh, they, they added some new protocols to what they had already, and I believe the playoffs are being discussed to go back into a bubble, which I think is the smart way to go about it. Uh, I don't think the – I don't think the players are super for it, but I think it's the smartest way to go about it without getting any more infections. Um, yeah. And the, well, we went into the season knowing this was going to happen. It happened in every other sport. It was. It wasn't like hockey was going to be um, not affected just because it, it, it. They did it so well with the bubble. I mean, the bubble went well because that's exactly what it was. It was a bubble that there was no way for any infections to get in or out. Um, so you knew this was going to happen with teams traveling and playing in different cities, uh, but it's nice to know they're kind of on the uh, the other end of that. I was and- just hoping as like a country, we would by springtime be able to get some fans in some stands yeah. for playoff hockey. And I- as a flyer season ticket holder, 
I was yeah. hoping to possibly go to a playoff game if there were limited fans there. But it would be I nice. I don't expect it though. Um, just yeah. because I really think the only sport, I think the first sport that's going to have fans back in the stands is baseball. And I think that's because it's strictly outdoors. Um, I think that's the only way that that's going to end up happening. Uh, I, I feel like if the NHL is really revenue hungry, they'll do kind of what the NFL did where they'll do like, you can come if you have a negative test and there's going to be, you know, limited tickets because of distancing for the playoffs. Uh, if that's what the league wants to do, that's obviously up to the league. Uh, they don't ask me questions. Although I really, I think they, they should probably start. Uh, I think I'm smarter than, you know, they give me credit for because they don't even, they don't even email me. So that's like kind of rude. You're a smart guy. <laughs> hey, thanks, Matt. Probably a, smarter, <laughs> a, couple, a couple guys working on the, their front lines. So. You know, probably. <laughs> Probably. I'm going to look, I'm going to go look on LinkedIn to see if I can get any, uh, any in for the NHL office there and see go. what I can do. <laughs> um, oh God, what a league it would be if I was like the, uh, the CEO of the NHL. Being for commissioner. If, if I was the commish. Oh 30. man. Yeah. Right. If, put me, put me up for a commish on a hashtag or something like that. See what happens. Um, so to kind of talk about last week's episode, the title was Tortorella is back at it again. Uh, there is more news on the Tortorella benching Patrick Line front. So what happened was, and this kind of came out almost a week after the incident, uh, it came out that, you know, John Tortorella didn't just bench him because he was being lazy on a four check or a back check or a couple of goals he seemed a bit lazy on. Uh, that was kind of the, the rumor mill about it. But really it was because apparently Patrick Line backtalked and got a little chippy with one of the coaches on the bench, not John Tortorella, but one of the other coaches. Um, according to the Columbus Dispatch, um, it says here that he mouthed off to a uh, Columbus coach uh, and Tortorella decided to punish him by sitting him. Uh, Tortorella said, it's what I feel I need to do. The last thing I want to do is bench a player, but we're just as jointed in all areas. Quite honestly, on and off the ice, it's an easy thing to bench a player. Uh, it's an easy thing to bench a player. Honestly, that's the last thing I want to do. But if I think I need to do it, then I need to do it, uh, quote, unquote. So really, it was just because uh, Tortorella didn't like that he disrespected someone on his coaching staff. And I honestly feel like I need to take back all the Tortorella hate that I threw at him last episode. <laughs> um you're a good man because good I man. think, I think that's a solid coaching decision, especially with a new player. You don't want him coming in thinking that he owns the bench. Cause he doesn't, uh, you, that might've been the case in Winnipeg there, Patrick, but it's not going to be the case here in Columbus. I think that was a smart coaching decision. Uh, and I think that line a has responded to it. Well, it seems that he's bought in to the Tortorella rule book. If you will, uh, he's playing with a lot of grit, a lot more grit, than we've seen in almost his entire career. I mean, he got into a fight, I believe, the game back after the benching. Absolutely dummied the kid, too. Just was handing out one-twos like it was his job. Um, and, you know, honestly, a lot of people in that locker room kind of buy into what Tortorella is selling. Um, and, you know, hopefully that's kind of the turnaround for Columbus because as of right now, if we look at the standings, they're not in a playoff position right now, but they could be if they just play the next couple of games, get good points, really technically speaking, they're in third quote unquote, because there's a three-way tie for second place um, at 20 points in the central. Um, but they are two points back of that 20 point um, second place war, if you will. Uh, so if they just piece together, if they put all this locker room madness behind them and they piece together some good wins, they can put, they, they definitely could put themselves in a playoff spot. They're a good team. They just need to come together and do that meshing. But on top of the whole Patrick Line thing, we got to talk about Jack Roslovich. I mean, he oh, yeah. is coming out on this team on fire. What are you guys thinking about his play? Uh, almost even better than Line? And it was like Line was the big name in that trade. Um. I'm liking it. I wish I watched more Columbus games so I could really see him play. But, I mean, uh, I'm loving what I'm seeing. It, it's a surprise, and I always love to see these players in these trades where you think, oh, they're just a throwaway piece. But, really, their their value makes sense looking back now at that trade. Like, it almost seems like it was a pretty dang fair trade looking back on it now where we just yeah. thought, oh, it was just, you know, they had to throw something else in there just because – He's got four goals, six assists for 10 points and a plus two. Um, so, and he's got no penalty minutes, funny enough. 
Um, so I think like, yeah, I agree with you. I always like seeing a player who's like kind of almost, you feel like he's one of those throw in pieces just to kind of sweeten the deal, even though it's not necessarily necessary that the team wanted him or anything like that. Uh, I like seeing those guys like perform, uh, Jack Roslovich looks like he's very much enjoying his time in Columbus right now, way more than he did when he was in Winnipeg. Uh, Matt, have you gotten a chance to see any of Jack Roslovich's play at all? It's kind of hard in our market to catch a Columbus game. Yeah, right? little on NHL tonight and all, and it's you know it's surprising. You know, there are there are tr- trades and transactions throughout the history of hockey that's like the second and third piece in a trade really can be used to that team's benefit, and the coach can really find a good role for them on the on the the idea or the how they piece piece together. Yeah, together I, the team, but I I said last week that Patrick Laine might be a locker room cancer, and it keeps popping up. So he, I mean, he might be, but it looks like he's responding well to the Tortorella treatment, if you want to call it that. That's um, good. That's so, that's good. But Jack Roslevic is he, he's showing that he wants to prove to everyone in the league that he deserves to be on a top two, top two line on a team. Well, not only that, but like when you're that like sweetener player, when it comes to a deal like that, you want to prove that, no, I'm not the sweetener player. These guys got me for a steal. And that's kind of what he's proving right now is that they really did get him for a whole steal because they also got line A in that package. So I really think the winners of this trade is definitely the Columbus Blue Jackets so far. Um, But to, to move on kind of piggybacking off of line a's fight and everything like that fighting is is back in the nhl and i'm loving every second of it i i mostly reference um just the recent game that happened and it kind of took like a a, like an assessment of like what's been going on is the uh boston bruins and new york rangers they played uh and there were three fights in that game uh so obviously the i mean we we kind of talked about it in our in our preseason conversations uh the animosity between these teams is absolutely cranked mm. to 100 given the whole you're only playing your division thing and it's for eight games um so i mean the they're fighting at a pace that we haven't seen since like 2008 uh which obviously in 2008 there wasn't a whole lot of fighting either but i mean there was like pretty much i believe it it was like 20% of NHL games last year saw a fight and we're already like doubled that at this point. We're in like the 40, 45% marks right now. And when it says fight, it means that a fighting major was given out. It doesn't always mean that there was a full on fight. Uh, but still the fact that we have that kind of stat right now is awesome to see because obviously we're not into the hockey only for the fighting. I mean, it's nice. I'm not going to lie to you, but <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it, it, it's nice to see because I, I like the tenacity in hockey that is fighting. So how, what are you guys seeing? Because I'm guessing you guys have definitely seen some more fights this year. Well, watching mostly Flyers hockey has only been one fight for the Flyers. That was Nicholas Aldebay-Kubel, so it's like a completely different story. We're in the new age of Flyers hockey. And also Let's he got dummy in that fight, if we're going to be Oh, no, he's, he, stood, he stood up. He stood up for himself. Give Kubel credit. But, uh, yeah, yeah, when you look out west, teams out west, and, of course, the north division, those those guys guys are getting gritty. Getting gritty. They are getting gritty, especially in the north division, especially the Battle of Alberta, uh, mostly because – when you have one of the Kachucks, it's going to happen. Um, yeah. Those yeah. guys, those guys, those guys are, are little rats. You might not like them. You might think they're weasels, but they're great they are. for hockey. They are. It, it, he, the only reason, especially when it comes to um, Matthew Kachuk, he's he's the one on the on the, on the uh, flame, flames, right? Yeah, he's okay. on the flames. Especially when it comes to him. The Zach Cassian situation is what pisses me off about that Kachuk brother. Because if you're going to be a little rat weasel and get in Zach Cassian's kitchen, and then when he goes to fight you, you're going to act like, oh, no, don't hit me. Eh, I'm going to fall to the ice. I'm weak. I can't take a hit. If you're going to be a weasel and you're going to piss somebody off like Zach Cassian, who, by the way, is going to beat the brakes off you, then you stand in there like a man, knuckles up, and you fight. You don't 
skate away. You don't take a hit, fall the ice like he wasn't going to fight you. You knew what was going to happen when you saw Zach Cassian on the ice. You should have had your head up. That's your own fault. And then after the fact, during the post-game pressures, when you kind of call him out for doing unnecessary things, that is the type of player that Zach Cassian is. He is going to beat you up. And you're going to either accept it like a man or you're going to crawl into your little shell like a baby boy, which you are. I, hate, I hate that. That's just the <laughs> one thing about him I can't stand. If the you're going to be Weasel, is passionate. Yeah, seriously. I have no skin in the Battle of Alberta, but I'm still passionate about it. I just love the heat carried from last week to this week. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm just carrying heat from week to week. I would feel remiss in uh, not mentioning because it probably won't come up in the people's GM segment, but Ottawa has both Kachuk brothers, and I low key love it. Oh, in your uh, in, in the my, people's in, GM in the segment, people's GM in the people's GM universe, Ottawa has both Kachuk brothers. I only found this out the other day. That's kind of badass. <laughs> I like that. I kind of like it. Bring some fire to the Ottawa lineup. Will it happen in the future? We'll I think see. they might play together in the future, but I don't. I don't I'd love to see it. I don't think it's in Ottawa personally. I think it's going to be in Calgary. Yeah. If Ottawa keeps flopping like this, even with their off-season acquisitions, they're going to have to start selling house again, and that that's going to have one of the Kachuk brothers on the move. Um, and I could I could definitely see the Flames being like, hey, especially if the Flames end up actually getting rid of Johnny Gaudreau, I could definitely see the Flames being like, let's go full Sedine twins, let's just get both Kachuk brothers here and see what kind of madness ensues. Um, or what would be even funnier is if the Oilers step in and they're like, nah. You know what, Brady, how about you come here? And then we have a uh, brotherly battle of Alberta, which would be incredible. I would love every second of that. Uh, I'd love yeah. to see another Sedin twin situation, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, me too. I, I, I like that whole that whole scenario. I miss the Sedins, to be honest. Um, but yeah, when it comes down to it, the, the, the it, we're going to get back into like the other fighting, but I just, I, I just need to keep talking about the situation because it makes me so mad. Uh, you can't be a baby if you're going to be a little weasel and that's going to be the type of player that you are, which it's been known that Matthew Kachuk is going to be that type of player. You have to stand in there like a man and either give some knuckles or take your hits. Uh, you cannot walk around like a child and think that, oh, I can do whatever I want and nothing's going to happen to me because Zach Cassian's coming for you and he's going to break your nose. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but the fighting increase in the league, it's an, it's a nice touch, uh, especially like the North division, which got me on that whole, whole rant is, I mean, Canadian hockey is ridiculously competitive at its core because it's Canada. I mean, it's almost the birthplace of hockey. If you think about it. Um, so these teams, they hate each other, man. You got, and now you got Wayne Simmons in Toronto. He's not afraid to drop the gloves. Let's be honest here. We saw it all the time in Philadelphia when he was here. Uh, these guys are are hating each other because they're playing each other so often, and I love it dearly. Adam, what do you what are you thinking about the fighting situation? I know you enjoy it. I I love it. I wish honestly, um, I saw the Sharks do it more. Uh, I feel like even though they have a guy like Evander Kane, who you would think would be almost like the focal point of a lot of fights for the Sharks, hasn't been involved in a lot unless Ryan Reeves is on the ice. Um, yeah, why, why does Evander Kane want, want to keep dropping the gloves with Ryan Reeves? Ryan Reeves is just going to dummy him every single time. I That's just know, a dude. height and weight disadvantage. I don't know. I he likes it. Love it. I guess he likes yeah, it. Maybe. I don't know. I, I feel like it's a, just a situation where Ryan Reeves is living rent-free in Evander Kane's head right now, which, I mean, not for nothing, Kane might want to look into you know asking Reeves for some rent. Yeah, I mean, considering his whole bankruptcy situation, you might want not, to start not, charging. You know, <laughs> not not going to throw shade. I, listen, I love the Sharks. I love that was a little bit of no shade. shade. That was a little shade thrown. I'm not going to lie to you. That was a little bit of shade. You just threw there with your own guy. About. You threw listen. just a smidgen of shade on there. That's <laughs> <laughs> what it is. Kids would be knocking down my door here to say that. That'd be scary. Hell no. Really get get out of there. Yeah, I mean, otherwise when, I love it. When it comes down to it, I mean, the league has had like two big fighters in it for the last couple of years, and it's been Tom Wilson and Ryan Reeves. Those guys will drop gloves with anybody. But the fact that these teams are like really building this hatred toward each other because of how often they play each other is awesome to see. I think it's great for hockey. I think it goes back to like in the eighties when there was like the Patrick division and the, and the Wales division, when they only play within the divisions, there was so much hatred going on in there uh, because they played those teams so much more often than they played other teams in the league, um, which is awesome. So 
very much appreciate this moving forward. I hope it stays this way. I don't think the league's obviously going to keep this structure of only playing within divisions. They're obviously going to get away from that. But if they can keep this kind of hatred and this kind of like, oh, they're still fighting in this league. We got to start drafting some more like big tough guys like they used to do. Then maybe we'll see some more like Jody Shelley's or, or um, Derek Bugard's in the league. Rest in peace, Derek Bugard. Um, we'll see more of those guys who are just literally on there to beat the brakes off you. They can barely even skate, but they're going to skate fast enough to you to beat you up. I love it. I want more of it. I need more of it. I need the movie Goon to be in the NHL. Thank you very much. <laughs> I love that movie. Uh, I, I, I'm assuming both of you guys have seen it, but I love that movie. I at least suggest uh, our listeners yeah, to go watch I, that film. I, I've totally seen that movie that we're talking about. Absolutely. You haven't seen Goon? No, I have not. Oh my god, you gotta see Goon, man! It I is, know it's it is a it's true on the classic. long list of movies I need to see. It is a true classic. You must watch Goon. Uh, one team that has not been necessarily bringing the physical edge, but has shocked not only the world but us on this podcast. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks, who we basically wrote off, if we're going to be honest, uh, Adam. I don't know if you want to pull up our. Already on it. Okay, of course he is. I should have just assumed. I don't know why I bothered asking him. Um, But they have shocked all of us. Uh, Right now, as we speak, the standings, they are in a that three-way tie for second in the central, one point behind the first place, Lightning. Um, First of all, that's ridiculous. Did not see them in any way, shape, or form up to that point in the division. Obviously, the season is still young, but is it really that young? Because we're about a quarter of the way in there because it's a 60-game season. We're 20 Happens fast. I mean, it, yeah. it's happening so fast. They're almost 20 games in. Uh, and Patrick Kane is just literally doing Patrick Kane things. I mean, let's, let's be honest here. So far, he's got uh, seven goals, 15 assists for 22 points in 17 games played. Uh, he's just decided he's like, Oh, Chicago, you want to start a rebuilding phase. I'm not going to let that happen. I'm just going to take this team on my back and we're going to win a bunch of games and probably make the playoffs. So what are you going to do about that? Chicago, huh? Tell me. Um, I, I think it's a little bit of animosity on Patty Kane and Jonathan Taze's parts of not being informed that they were going to be doing a rebuild. I really think there's a little bit of animosity there with the whole Corey Crawford getting let go thing, blah, 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 even though he retired, but it is what it is. Um, and then they got that new stud goaltender, which we're going to get into later because uh, that it will be in our segment about the league's best freshman. We will get to that later. Uh, but how are you guys feeling about the Blackhawks? They're kind of like shocking everybody right now. I'm not on board yet. I still need to see a little more. Not I've quite seen, on board yet. I know. I know what Patrick Kane has done. I've not. I've liked what a lot of their deaf players have. But they haven't proven late. This new group hasn't proven late in the season that they can win the meaningful games. So I need to see a little bit more of that. But hey, it's an interesting season and it's wide open in the uh, Central. So it really is. A, it feels like an open season in the Central Division right now. Adam, what what of our uh, picks kind of show? What did we think of the Blackhawks before the season started? Uh, Matt has them coming in second to last in front of the Preds. You, Bing, have them in dead last behind the Red Wings. And I also had them second to last uh, ahead of the Red Wings. Oh, Brian, that is a freezing cold take. That is a freezing cold take there, Brian, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Shivering. Yeah, that's a frigid cold take out of me. I, I I didn't see this coming. I thought, I mean, I thought the whole league knew they were going through a rebuild. They were letting everybody go, uh, except for Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze. And the two of them were like, ah, you want to know what? Fuck it. We're just going to be good uh, because, you know, players like that can just choose to do so, apparently. So that's something. Not to mention, they, they're, it looks like they're battling a, an injury bug, too. Uh, looking at, they've got one, two, three, four. Four guys on IR currently, and then three guys on long-term IR, uh, and they're all big names in uh, Taves, Kirby Doc, and Alexander Nylander. Yeah, I mean, especially the whole not having Nylander and Doc situation. I mean, those are two studs right there, young studs. Uh, how long is Doc out for? I don't actually know. Let's see. If I I, I feel like he's the whole season for some reason. I could be wrong. That but sounds right. It's it sounds right, right? I th- I thought so. I thought there was a chance he was out all year, but it. I mean, 
the fact that they have all that injury bug and are still like in this tight division, I mean, that's just that's just incredible. Uh, by the way, Maddie Fish, great call on the whole Predators thing because they are struggling. I mean, the Preds the are looking had, bad, bad. Was I the only one who had the Preds finishing dead last? Yeah, I mean, uh, well, I obviously had the yeah. Blackhawks, but, you know. I, I had them in fifth. <laughs> I think I had them a little bit up there, too. I mean, they have the talent. Them. They just couldn't put it together. You have them no. sixth, Bing. I have them sixth. Phew. The only Man. one I think we all hit on, except for Matt, is uh, the Lightning being number one. Me That's just kind of easy, though. Uh, Matt had the Stars number one, Lightning two. Daddy said, "I'm still might happen. Let's see what happens. See what yeah, happens. Yeah, it's, it's still early. It's still my, anything, yeah. anything can happen. I really I'm feel sure. like the Stars are going to turn it around at some point here. There's, there's no way they're this bad after going to a Cup run. I don't. After what it. Pavelski did the other night. Woo. Yeah, right. <laughs> Joey Pavs. I'm telling you, he does not age. I miss it. <laughs> As a Sharks fan, this has got to be very depressing to watch. It, it hurts. It I hurts saw so a video much. last night of Ryan Whitney acting like a clown. And well, that's not Joe Pavelski, Joe Pavelski just beat the crap out of him one playoff game, dude. Like, just absolutely beat. It was the uh, Sharks, Ducks, and freaking Pavelski just hammered him, dude. Oh, that would, that yeah, would be least- Whitney at the end of his career if he was with the Ducks. Okay. I mean, it wasn't as bad as it was when he was with the Oilers, but my goodness. Um, now, and Ryan Whitney's another one of those guys that uh, he had that one fight or I guess, quote unquote, fight against uh, Jackman when uh, it was the Battle of Alberta. It was Calgary, uh, Edmonton. And uh, he literally hid his head inside of his shoulder pads. His head vanished. It was gone. He was so scared to get dummied by Jackman. And I hate players like that. If you're going to play hockey – and you're going to play hockey at a professional level, you have to understand there's going to be a chance that you might be getting into a fight. You either take your hits like a man or you or you just don't play NHL hockey. I don't know what to tell you. Get out of the league if you can't take a hit. I, if you're no. not good enough not to fight. Exactly. So, I mean, there's, there's no way Ryan Whitney was good enough to not get into a fight. I feel like I'm just coming at wit at this point, but it's fine. Um, it, it's I not might have an problem. update on the Kirby Doc injury, by the way. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Um, according to NBC Sports' website, this is back at the end of December, they were reporting that he was about to miss four to five months, which would put him, he was injured two days before Christmas, so that would put him in about, like, May-ish for a return, give or take. Oh, so definitely the end of the season, if their season's still going on at that point. Right. Um, all righty. Well, to, to move away from all that action, we're going to get into the power rankings. I'm going to have the boys uh, guess the top five. I have them pulled up and their reasonings for being in the top five. And then we'll keep going down the list, kind of see teams that are shocking us and, and what have you. But, Matt, I'm going to have you go first. What do you got for top five? Go five to one. On the spot there, I am put, <laughs> hey, if you want Adam to go first, we can have Adam go first. No, I'll go I first. I putting you a bit it's on there. Tampa's first. Okay, um, I was gonna say go five to one, but we'll start one to five. Uh, I'm gonna go one to five because <laughs> okay. Think of the Matt best. makes his, Matt makes up his own mind. It's fine. Uh, is St. Louis two? Um, well, I'm not gonna Toronto's tell you until the end. Three, Toronto's three, Florida's. Um, I think Florida's four. No, Florida's five, and uh, Vegas is four. Alrighty, so you you kind of all over the place there, my guy. St. Louis oh, is not is St. Louis is not even within the realm of the top ten. Um, so, and these are the power rankings from yesterday. I made sure to double check. Uh, so yes, Tampa Bay is in first. Um, says the defending champions have the league's best record by points percentage going into Monday evening, uh, though they had um. They have not had Nikita Kucherov all season, so there's not a single weakness on this team uh, because when you're missing Nikita Kucherov and you're still dominating the league, that's petrifying. Uh, the Boston Bruins are number two. You kind of just uh, – I appreciate that you kind of just ignored them. I actually really love that. Yeah, I'm trying to if you'd ignore like. them because they're kind of – I get how good they are, and, and the Flyers need to prove that they can beat them. So I'm just kind of – trying, just kind of not thinking about the Boston Bruins. <laughs> 
the Flyers haven't proved shit to me against the Bruins. Um, so the Boston Bruins are number two uh, right there with Tampa, even though the Bruins have spent most of the season on the road and played half of their games without Pasternak. The defense has been a pleasant surprise. Uh, number three is actually the Vegas Golden Knights, not number four. Um, they seem to, I mean, it's Marc-Andre Fleury's team at this point. He's shown that, hey, Sure, we had some goaltending situation with Robin Leonard and all that action in the bubble playoffs, but uh, this is my team. Uh, so he is also not aging, kind of like Joe Pavelski, uh, and he's just dominating with his performance. Uh, Toronto is number four, not number three, kind of flip-flop those, uh, those guys. Uh, they look like they're the best team in the North. If they do not make an extended playoff run this season, you really have to start to wonder if they will ever make a deep playoff run. I really think that that's, that's yeah. a true statement coming out of the NBC Sports um, this is where I'm getting the power rankings from. That's a, that's a very true statement. You really got to start wondering if Toronto can't get it done with what they have now, are they ever going to get it done? Uh, and then number five is actually a team you didn't even have in your top five, the Carolina Hurricanes. They are 9-3-0. and uh, Even though it seems like some of their best players have not yet started to play their best, they are getting the next to nothing offensively out of um, Tavo, Teravainen, and uh, Jacob Slavin. Uh, so... I mean, if those guys start heating up, look out. Because I was yeah. close. I was you, close. You made you it seem close. like I wasn't close. It's but the but St. Louis one threw me for a I loop. Thought, They're ranked ninth out of ten. Weren't they leading the? Weren't they kind of top two or top top three I mean, in the central? Uh, in the central, I don't have that. Let's see. Uh, yeah. I mean, I didn't yeah. have them. But they lost the series against Arizona. So actually, they're on the West Coast. That's they're right. second in, yeah. the, in the, the West right now. Second in the West. Yeah, so yeah. they're in the playoff spot. So, And, Adam, I bet you're asking me, Brian, how do you expect me to do the top five if you just said it? Well, Adam, I'm going to throw you a curveball because I feel oh, like no. throwing you a curveball in this whole statistic situation is kind of the only way we're going to get an honest opinion out of you here. Uh, so <laughs> I'm going to have you do spots six to ten. I already know nine, and that's St. Louis. Oh, yeah. So you were just gifted nine, and that was a boo-boo on me, a little slap <laughs> in the back of the hand of Brian there. We'll move forward. Um, but, yes, do six to do six to eight and then number ten. <laughs> and then All we'll right. get into why. Well, I'm going to say Florida is probably number six. Uh, I was surprised they weren't at least number five, but that's just me. Uh, so Florida is probably number six, number seven – I'll throw the Canadians in there. I feel like they've been having a pretty strong season that they'd be considered in the, the top 10. Number eight, I'll throw Chicago. And number 10, give me – no, I, uh, for the people's GM people, I'll say Winnipeg. All right, my guy, you got not a single one of those right. You got uh, two teams in there. See, that's why. That's why I did this to you because I knew it was <laughs> too easy for you if we did just the top five. I knew it, so I had to predict that. So coming in at number six is the Colorado Avalanche, which uh, uh, you seem to ignore existed, which is kind of funny. Uh, injuries uh, are going nearly to two weeks without playing a game. Uh, they're the biggest things holding this team back right now, but they'll be back where it counts. Uh, obviously, they were one of those teams that kind of ran into a COVID scenario, so they had that whole hiccup there, but they're still ranked six in the power rankings. Uh, the Florida Panthers are actually ranked number seven. I knew uh, they were up there. They are up there. It says here uh, you have to be happy with what they're uh, doing right now, uh, but that 5-1 record for Sergei Bobrovsky to go with his .884 save percentage make it seem like they're dancing with some raindrops here. They are definitely uh, they're playing a risky game with a goaltender with a .884 save percentage. They're playing a yeah, risky really? one. Lots of high-scoring games uh, for the Florida Panthers. Number eight, another team you seem to ignore, which is actually kind of offensive, uh, the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, we haven't seen them for a while, but maybe that has helped them. Uh, while some other top teams have slumped, the Flyers record a record remains strong, and they are winning a lot before their season had to be delayed a bit. Uh, so they are in at number eight. Obviously, we already know that St. Louis is in number nine. Says here they have to be tired of seeing the Coyotes. Monday's <laughs> 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 game will be their seventh in a row against them. The Blues have been solid overall, uh, but there's another level here uh, for them to reach. Uh, I think uh, for them, it's mostly defense and goaltending needs to pick up a bit. Uh, but I have absolutely no fears that um, that Bennington's going to get back to what he always does, and that their defense is going to get back on track. They're just missing Petro, really. If we're going to be honest. 
And then coming in at number 10, actually, there, Adam, is the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, they, uh, it says here they have a hit a little bit of a wall recently after their first, uh, their fast start. Josh Anderson and Tyler Toffoli are still making huge impacts and making Mark Bergevin look like a big winner of the offseason. Uh, those are two tremendous pickups by Bergevin, uh, the Bergevin himself. Um, and really, I think it could be argued that Montreal could be more in the six or seven range, uh, but we'll see. And what were the other two teams that you said? You said uh, Chicago and Winnipeg, yeah? Yeah. Uh, Winnipeg is actually 13th, says here. Pierre-Luc Dubois never missed a game for Columbus, shows up in Winnipeg, plays two, and then gets sidelined due to an injury. Uh, that's oof. the only thing it says oof. there. That's oof. just a huge oof for the boys there in Winnipeg. And actually, Chicago is ranked 18th. No respect for Chicago here. Uh, says Patrick yeah. Kane can still produce offense. Alex DeBrinkett is scoring goals again. And Kevin Lankinen is a pleasant surprise in goal right now. Um, yeah, so Chicago can definitely be on the rise. I really think 18 is a little little low for how they're playing recently. Yeah. But obviously, uh, these these guys at NBC Sports probably thought the same thing that we did early on in the season, that they were going to be absolute dumpster fire. Um, so we'll see how that goes, goes moving forward. Uh, but there's your top 10 in the power rankings. Uh, and then we're just going to kind of go into the bottom five here because I really like to kind of highlight the teams that are playing like shit because it's kind of amusing for me. Um, in 25th, I guess, uh, no, 26th, Los Angeles Kings, Jonathan Quick looks like he could be in for another tough season. I really think it's probably about time for Johnny Quick to start thinking about retirement. I'm kind of surprised he's still playing. I don't know about you guys. Um, I felt like his career was over almost two seasons ago. Yeah, he's milking out that milking out that contract, that loyalty that Kings gave him. Yeah, the Kings are giving loyalty to a lot of people right now that probably shouldn't be earning it, except for Drew Doughty. And I guess Anzi Kopitar is probably still producing, but you know, it is it is what it is. Um, and then after that, the San Jose Sharks. Sorry, buddy. Uh, an aging team with shaky goaltending and a lot of bad contracts. Not a great combination for a long term outlook. I hey, mean, got the win last night. I'll take. They did get the win last night, but I mean, the proof's in the pudding, there, my guy. Uh, Listen, the do you want to talk rise. about your grievances? Do you want to talk on about your grievances? No. I look at Eric Carlson, and it just blows me away that he's the highest paid defenseman in the NHL. Yeah, he's not what you thought he was going to be, huh? I mean, I personally haven't seen a lot wrong with his play. I personally want to see him shoot more. I feel like that's a big problem with the team. They're not, they don't take shots. They just pass the puck. And I feel like if they start shooting at the net more and creating more chances, they're going to win more games. I know I watched, it wasn't last night's game. I think it was like a game two or three nights ago. I think it was their first home game. And I was watching, I'm like, for the love of God, someone shoot the puck. Shoot the puck. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I yelled at my TV, shoot the puck as Carlson's just looking for an open lane. So that's my biggest grievance with this team right now. Uh, that, and I'm still not 100% convinced that Logan Couture is captain material. That's just me personally. I don't know. He's I'd be, Yeah, I'd be inclined yeah. to agree with you. He's definitely a locker room leader, but I don't think he's captain material. Myself, personally, I think we should have three A's on the ice. But that's just me. I really think Brett Burns should have been your captain in the first place. I'm kind of surprised he wasn't given the C above Logan I, Couture. I don't even know if I can competently call him captain material. I feel like once Thornton left... And once we got rid of Pavs, we kind of lost any real captain material. There's definitely locker room leaders on that team. Don't get me wrong. But I don't think there's anyone there that could, like, I could definitively put my stamp on and say, you're the captain of this team that's going to lead us further. Because, I mean, I feel like it's clear on the ice that there's not a lot of cohesiveness. I know, I think I missed, I was working, I think, during the one game they were talking about, uh, Somebody took a run at Redeem Simic, and Kane was standing right there. And I think one or two other Sharks players were standing right there when it happened, and not a single one of them stepped up for Simic. You hate to see that. Which is like, yeah, that's that's not good. I, that is not Kane, good. Kane, I'll give you for the simple reason that like he's been in the box a lot this season, so Bugner might be on him. Like, hey, stay the hell out of the box. Cut the shit which I would agree, but at the same time, like. Simmons yeah, but if you're that team's tough guy, you got to step up and be that team's tough guy. And, you know, I, I'm 
talking a little bit out my ass because I don't 100% remember the story because I wasn't watching. But I do remember someone, I think it was uh, Kevin Kurz uh, from The Athletic tweeted about it saying like there was two or three Sharks players in the vicinity of when the hit happened and nobody stepped up for their teammate. Yeah, like, that's that's not a good a look. Bit. That is not especially, a good look for the boys. Especially when Simic has been touted as like the savior of this defensive core, which I mean, I've seen his play. I would almost agree with them. Him and Ferraro are probably up there as one of the better defensemen behind Vlasic. You know, I love the Sharks talk out of you because sometimes I feel like we, when we talk about the Flyers, we get passionate, but you don't have your time to shine with the Sharks. I love this. I mean, the man doesn't have his, his bedroom walls painted like a Sharks jersey for nothing, okay? He's passionate about the team, damn it. True. <laughs> Give him his time he, to he shine. Does, he does the chop, the shark chop. Oh, absolutely. Every power play. No, I don't do that. <laughs> One of my I do big... jump out of my seat when they score, though. So. Something that would make me happy in life is to see uh, is to see Adam in the shark tank. That would make me happy in my life to oh, witness that. That would just that would just that would just give me the feel goods all over the place. And then my to, luck, my luck, I'll end up going there when there's a wrestling event going on. It's not even a hockey game. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> then to bottom like out the world, my the bottom out colliding. the there. Yeah, like his uh, Adam's two favorite things colliding in one place. The it bottom out the league, we got. Uh, do they? Uh, yeah, the uh, uh, Steve Dangle actually got into a uh, a promo battle with uh, <laughs> Radar Superstar Edge, which I loved. That's it's kind of funny. Edge was on the Tim and Sid show talking about his Maple Leaf fandom, and they pretty much like you know called out Steve Dangle. I was like, "You think your your man cave is better than Steve's?" And Edge was like, "Absolutely." Oh damn! And Steve responded on Twitter with like a forty-five second promo, which, as a former uh, person in the wrestling business, I was probably one of the best promos I've seen from someone not in the wrestling business. Love uh, to see it. You love to see that. I loved every minute of it. I was so surprised. And then Edge proceeded to ruin his life in two minutes the next day. <laughs> poor, poor Steve Dangle. Steve Dangle's a great hockey personality. It's I, true. I, I love him. He's, he's, he's a great funny. guy. Uh, uh, to bottom yeah. out the league, we got the Vancouver Canucks, the Nashville Predators, the Detroit Red Wings, and the Ottawa Senators. Uh, moving on I to our kind don't of... Know, I got, don't know. I got the cold shivers. I got freaking Vancouver as my top North team. Yeah, um, me too. So the... we're not... <laughs> Where this is see? really, I, I think, really cold takes out of us. Wasn't this like a couple nights ago? The death stare Holpe had at one of his defensemen. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I think Brain Holpe is really fastly starting to realize how good he had it in uh, in Washington. Absolutely. I think he's really starting to see that one uh, unfold in front of him firsthand. Uh, to move on to something fun that we announced last week uh, that we were going to be doing, we now are doing. We have, and we're going to start this with the freshmen, then next week is going to be the sophomores, the next week is going to be the third-year guys, and then the fourth week of this segment will be the entire league. Uh, but we're going to start tonight with what we think are the best rookie players this year in a lineup. Adam, I'm going to have you go first, and then right. um, Matt, you will go, and then me, Brian, will go. All right, so the way I kind of situated this, uh, this is how I assume when we first, you know, talked about this in the group chat, was I just pretty much created a line for my forwards. Um, so I have uh, Kirill Kaprizov as my left winger, Tim Stutzla as my center, and then uh, I think his name is Niels Hoglander. Pretty sure it's, it's Niels, Niles. It's, it's, it's one, I think it's Niels. I think I'm I think it is Niels, uh, Niels Hoglander as my right wing. Uh, Kaprizov coming out of nowhere as probably one of the better uh, rookies in the league right now. I would not be surprised if he actually ends up winning the Calder with the way he started playing. His name has kind of fallen off recently, but, you know, he, he's still definitely up there for me where I think he's a great rookie right now. Tim Stutzla, his name, we saw it during the uh, the World Juniors. Great, great rookie. Uh, a horrendous tape job. Oh, my God. Yes. Absolute well, dumpster fire of a tape job. If he produces, he produces. Maybe it's good luck. Who knows? I guess, but whatever. <laughs> um, I threw him at center. Uh, I think he traditionally plays as a winger, but looking at his stats from the NHL.com, I'm pretty sure he had like a 50% face-off percentage, which I was like, all right, I'll throw you at center. Why the heck not? You're going to produce for me anyway. Uh, Niels Hoglander was another one that kind of came out of nowhere for me. Uh, Vancouver, I think, found themselves a really good other rookie along with guys like Elias Patterson and uh, uh, Besser. So those are my forwards. 
defense, Zach Whitecloud, who I loved in last year's playoff, I really think if it wasn't for that unfortunate delay of game penalty that he took, the Vegas Golden Knights probably would have been in the cup final over Dallas. I'd be inclined to agree with you there. And then uh, Keandre Miller, I think, is the Rangers defenseman. I know there's a couple Millers yeah. there. Yeah, Keandre Miller. Okay, so Keandre Miller was my other pairing there. So not a lot of defensemen rookies, I noticed. No, yeah, I mean, yeah, the people obviously see, but those are the two D-men I have, too, because the defensive rookies are few and far between that have made it to the NHL. Yeah, a lot of the good ones were last season. Um, yeah. But my goaltender, then, is the uh, the gem coming out of Chicago right now. Uh, very well could be looking at their Corey Crawford replacement if he continues to play this well. Big Kevin uh, Lankinen. Yeah, Kevin Lankinen. I hadn't, I'd never heard this guy's name until recently. I don't think anybody had. I don't think he yeah. was on anybody's radar. And those are sometimes the goalies that are dangerous, especially when you look at like uh, Jordan Bennington, Jordan Bennington, and uh, Matt Murray. Oh so yeah, Matt, Matt Murray wasn't on my radar, and I had gone to many a Wilkes-Barre Penguin game uh, before he got called up, and had no inclination that he was going to do the things that he did. Jordan Bennington came out of nowhere, and I think this is going to be a similar situation for the Blackhawks. Whether or not it results in a cup win, well, you know, we'll see. I but love J- I love Jay Bins. Love Jordan Bennington. Yeah, I feel like he's kind of starting to rub off that. Uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Overshine. A little bit of that shine that he had. He's still a solid goaltender. He's he just not is- going to save everything. I mean, it's in. Right, it's impossible. and that's you know that's a- a- any goaltender. But I feel like if I'm comparing Bennington and Matt Murray, who are probably the two most similar stories in my opinion, uh, I feel like Bennington has kind of shied away from that overhyped feel unlike matt murray who's kind of you know was overhyped a lot coming out of that second cup well he was over i feel like matt murray was overhyped a lot because of the other goaltender that they had there um because matt murray didn't have to play every night uh jordan bennington basically did have to play every night so i think that i think the shine for jordan bennington was deserved but i think the rub off of the shine now is also deserved on top uh on top of that so i feel like for for matt murray was like oh yeah but you know they also have one of the greatest goaltenders of all time, definitely a first ballot Hall of Famer, Mark Andre Fleury at the time. So, yeah, um, that's definitely I feel like that fueled the Penguins Cup runs there with Matt Murray and Net. But hey, I really like that freshman lineup you got there, mostly because uh, it's eerily similar to mine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Matt, what do you got? All right, so it's on the other page on my notes. Yeah, pull it up, so, good buddy. As my left winger, can you hear me? Can you see? Uh, me? Yep, can you I can. Me? I can hear you. All right. So, as my life winger, I got the first overall pick, Alex Lafreniere, from the New York Rangers. Now, he's not shining all too hot, but, you know, he's going to be a good uh, good piece for that Rangers team. And I hate saying that, the burning passion, but I have to say it because it's true. It's okay, um, buddy. Sometimes you got to admit things. Yeah. Uh, center, I got the second overall pick, Quinton Byfield for L.A. Obviously, he's not having a great start, but once that organization – gets on the right track he's going to be a big piece and why they're great going to be a great team and then uh my right my right winger i have a player from the detroit red wings his name is giovanni smith he is racking up some points yes he he is is, uh, he's playing very well yeah um so my defenseman i have nicholas budin from chicago who's what a name yeah, one name, right? Butin, hey. He's helping with that uh, the Butte. surprise for the NHL, the Chicago Blackhawks, really putting up points. And then my last defenseman is Ty Smith of the New York New Jersey Devils. And um, you know, he's they've only, the Jer- Jersey Devils have only played nine games, but he's he's gathered a lot of points, especially for a defenseman. And my goaltender. Hate to say it because I hate the Washington Capitals. It's Ilya Samsonov, but he's came out of nowhere and replaced Brayton Holpe with no problems. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would have to agree with you. I think that he's playing. He's playing well. Um, I like the uh, the D man pick out of Jersey mostly because I had the same guy. Um, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, you're right. I mean, they've played they've played few games, uh, but man, he's looking. He is looking good. Ty Smith, his, he's got it. He had the point streak before the stoppage. So 
Uh, I mean, he had a five-game point streak. Uh, for a defenseman, that's incredible. Um, and, you know, for, for me, his plus-minus isn't looking too, uh, too bad either. I mean, I'm just saying. Uh, just because I'm a goalie and I love that. Uh, moving on into what I have, um, unfortunately, mine's kind of a mix of what you guys have. Uh, so I have uh, Kaprizov, obviously. Um, at center, though, I kind of made a point here. This is kind of – this is my open letter to the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, hopefully they're listening. Listen, dear Anaheim, listen dear up. Anaheim Ducks. Listen up. Yeah, listen up. Dear <laughs> Anaheim Ducks, if you don't call up Trevor Zegris right now, you are doing your fans, your organization, and the city of Anaheim, Los Angeles, a disservice. The man is making the AHL look like child's play, and he's doing the same thing that he did in the World Juniors just now in the AHL. He's making all this AHL talent down there look foolish with how he is dangling and deking and taking ankles like it's his job. Please, kindly, Brian Bingman. Um, Hire this man. <laughs> Yeah, the right. Hire this man. Hire this man. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so I'm actually because he has not been called up, but I am just so offended that he hasn't been called up by the Anaheim Ducks yet. I'm going to put Trevor Zegris as my center, even though technically speaking, he's a San Diego goal right now. Uh, but we'll, this I, it's just something that I see that is such a problem that I need Anaheim to call him up so badly so I can see him in the NHL level. Uh, I don't know if this is the Anaheim Ducks way of tanking again to get another good, dra- uh, another good draft pick. It is possible. I could see it. Uh, but coming in at my uh, other winger, I actually have Stutzel because technically he's not a center. Uh, he is a winger um, with his horrendous tape job. Uh, and then my defenseman, I also have White Cloud, and then also I have Ty Smith. Uh, the uh, two gentlemen before me already explained why they were good picks. And in net, I actually have uh, the Capitals stud goaltender that I talked about. I believe it was either last episode or two episodes ago. Uh, VTech, last episode. episode Tech Vanacek. Um, it took him actually three years in the AHL to kind of find his groove and get this opportunity. I mean, obviously, Braden Holpe leaving the, the vicinity is going to leave an uh, opening for uh, the net anyways, but he wasn't even supposed to be the next in line to get it. Uh, so I like what Vitek Vanacek is doing um, along with the uh, goaltender that Matt ever so graciously uh, suggests. Ilya Samsonov. Yes, Ilya Samsonov. Um, they got two Russians. I mean, big uh, shock. Two Russian goaltenders. You know, for the team playing in D.C., they sure do love Russians. Uh, isn't, that, isn't that a little bit weird, huh? <laughs> it's only it's because their jerseys are red. It's, it's only yeah, right. Are red. It's a little funny, yeah. But uh, in 11 games played, he's got a 5-3 and three record, uh, two OT losses, got a 3.2 goals against average, and his save percentage is a 9.01. Uh, so I, I'm liking what he's doing. Um, and also you guys kind of took two really good goaltenders out from, out from under me. So this was almost well, all that was left. Um, <laughs> so those were, those were our top rookies in the league. Uh, that'll get posted on Instagram. Thank you to our boy, Adam, for being our uh, Instagram kind of uh, graphic guy. He's far better at it than me and Matt could ever be. So we appreciate he's that. that. He's a graphy guy. He's the graphy guy. He's just the big graphy yeah. guy. Uh, to move into our final segments, uh, I will touch base again on the fact that stay tuned for next week because we'll be doing the top sophomores in the league. Now, this one could get a bit interesting because I feel like this list is a lot larger for us to choose from. Um, I have to figure out how to find those. <laughs> yeah, I mean, those are going to be those are going to be everywhere, my guy. Um, but moving into our final two segments of the evening, I kind of took a big old L last week in the BBC, went one and three, was not a good look. Not a good look for Brian. Um, You're so, in the pandemic. You're so, in the pandemic. I know. People are listening to you, the vet. I know. Win, damn it. I know. I'm sorry. I don't mean to lose you guys' money, but let's be honest. I also lost money because I don't do these bets. I don't just say these things to fool you people. I also make the bets myself. So here's what I've decided to do for, for this week's BBC. I'm going to go. We're going to do a, because there are going to be tonight, technically speaking, you're listening on a Wednesday. So tonight's games, there's five of them. Uh, I'm going to look at this, look at the schedule, go rapid fire, only money lines, and I'm going to parlay them all. So if you guys are with me, fantastic. Do single bets if you want, but I'm going to fire these boys off just based off of heart and soul, how I feel about the situation. All right, everybody, let's get someone get a timer. I want to see how fast I can do this. 
So I'm gonna get a timer set up. Hold on, I'm on. Ca- I'll count my head. <laughs> Matt's, Matt's gonna do it the old-fashioned way. He's gonna look All at right. the uh, the analog clock on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> All right, Adam, we got that one set up. Kill, that visual killed me. Okay. All right, yeah, I got, I got the the stopwatch ready. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Three, two. Oh, hold on. Oh, oh. All right. Well, I was gonna catch right, you down. Okay, go ahead. I, right, you, ready? Ready? you ready for the countdown? Okay, ready? Yes, I am. Okay. Three, two, one. Panthers versus Hurricanes. I'm going Hurricanes over the Panthers. Senators uh, against Maple Leafs. I'm going Maple Leafs over the Senators. Blackhawks, Red Wings. I'm taking the Blackhawks every day of the week. Canucks, Flames. I'm taking Flames. Jets, Oilers. I am also taking the Oilers. Boom. 14.35. Love to see it. Under 15 seconds. That's what we like to see. So that was just based off how I feel about those scenarios at first glance. I'm going to parlay them all to see if I can win some huge money. Yeah, the, you, the people, can feel free to do single bets if you want, or you can join me in the madness that is parlay betting. And that was the BBC. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I, yeah, I, maybe I should start doing that more often because that was really amusing. I really enjoyed doing that. Um, a record board of these times. Whew. Yeah, I, that, that was good. That first go around under 15 seconds, we're going to try and get under 10 seconds. Um, it's like a 25. Bit. I was a swimmer, so like counting times, I was like, oh, you're, you're 25, you're one lap, you got to get like 12, 12.30, 12.30. Well, don't go yeah. lapping me on this one. I'm supposed to be the betting guy here, man. Come on now. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm not talking about bet. That's your, yeah. that's your thing. Yeah, I'm that's my thing. Time. Hey, I'm the degenerate here, okay? I, I, I wear that with pride. Um, moving Here's on, though, slouch. into – yeah, right. Um, moving, moving on to the Ooh. other and – Quite possibly my favorite segment that we do, our finishing segment, Thank the you. People's GM. Give us the other half of that year. I need to know if you want a third cup. Are we getting more rings? I need more rings. I bought this whole uh, cabinet to display our rings, and there's only two in them. There's enough room in there for 10. I need to make sure that you're grinding right now, Adam. What are All we doing? Right. Well, well, well. So. I believe where we last left off, it was around Christmas time, give or take, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, somewhere uh, in and around there. In and around there. So not a lot happened between uh, Christmas and uh, the next bullet point that I have here. Uh, we were winning games, don't get me wrong. It's just, you know, there was nothing, like, newsworthy to report on. Um, but coming up on the trade deadline, teams rocking solid. Uh, Connor Hellebuck actually ends up breaking his 2017 shutout in a season record. Um, actually, I got to see if I can figure out what he ended the season with. Uh, but that I thought was great. Uh, another great sign that the team is doing well. Uh, even more so that I decided we're not making any trades to uh, improve the team. I felt that we were doing well enough as it was. I didn't have to touch anything. I'd be, I, I would agree with you. Your record at the break was very good. Uh, so moving into March, following the break, we were the first team to qualify for a playoff spot. Uh, hey Record at the time was 47 wins, 13 losses, and uh, four overtime losses. Now, with that in mind, gentlemen, I want you to take a guess at what the final record is going to be. Your final oh, record? Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, what was the what final was, record. Hit me again with the final record at the break. Um, so when we became the first team to qualify for a playoff spot, we were 47, 13, and four. 37, 14. 47. Four, 47, 14, and four. Oh boy! Uh, hold on, I actually gotta do some math and figure out how many games that took oh, away. Oh boy! I I gotta pull out a calculator. I'm not the won, head math guy here. I see you That's won fair. 57 games. Okay. You won 57 games, and you your overtime losses jumped up to seven. Okay. And then your losses, uh, I'm drawing a blank on the number. You, you, you do some math here. So you yeah, said yeah. you said 57 wins. So yeah. let's 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 add here. We're gonna add 47. the seven OT losses. That would leave you with six games. No, eight games. Eight games, yeah. Eight games. That left. sounds about right. You, you want to add eight, eight games. games to the loss? Okay. So you're yeah. saying that the record would be fifty-seven. Carry the carry the 
Two, <laughs> three, <laughs> well, <the 50. laughs> Hold on now, let me focus. Okay, it's funny because you just know the number and you just want us to guess. Yeah, right. I'm not gonna lie, I completely forgot that there was math involved in this. I was just expecting you two to throw numbers out at me, and I was gonna tell you yes or no. <laughs> yeah, so so with this, yeah, add eight to 14, quick head math that's 22 losses and seven OT losses. So Matt's going with a 57 22 and seven record i'm going to go with a 62 wins mm-hmm. that's five are we close adam as 17 losses and seven ot losses uh if we're playing by prices right rules matt would actually win but being oh, you were how close so was dang- i how you, close was i you went over damn it never go prices right if we're going over. by Price is Right rules, you damn uh, you, Bob Barker. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so before I uh, just two other quick notes, uh, we rallied back for a OT victory against I have no idea, but it doesn't matter because we won. And then love that mentality. Shortly after that, we actually are uh, the Ducks at this point, we had an 11 game winning streak going. Hell yeah. So this started from after the deadline to March 22nd where the Ducks unfortunately snapped our 11-game winning streak. Um, Was it Trevor Zegers? Did they finally call him up? I don't actually know. (laughs) Actually, to be honest with you, I don't think he's in my game. I actually just made him the other night. That's rude as hell. All right, moving on. (laughs) I got to find out how close I was. What was that final record? I got to find out. With that loss, and despite having a massive injury bug running rampant throughout the locker room, the team managed to put together its best season since I've taken over with a record of 61 wins, damn it, 15 losses, and four overtime losses. Oh, I was so close. So oh. we we never lost in overtime following the break. Um, That's that impressive. The same. That is impressive. Lost a couple games uh, here and there. But regardless of that, we're back in the playoffs, boys. Hell yeah, brother. Oh, and actually, I did leave a note here. Uh, before we get into the playoffs, Line A breaks Ilya Kovalchuk's goal record for the Jets with 52 goals. Nice. Connor Hellebuck breaks Brodeur's NHL wins record with 48. All right. I believe those are both uh, for, the, for the season, I believe. You got yourself a solid team put together here, going to be honest. That we do. I'm lo- I loved it. I did not expect any of this history to be made following the history we made last season. But well, let's, I- well, what happened in the playoffs, my guy? So round number one, we take our arch rivals, who I have made too many trades with, unfortunately, the St. Louis Blues. Uh, round one, we ended up dropping the first two games. We win game number three, but then trade a loss to St. Louis. So now it's two and two. Oh gosh. A a decisive game five victory. Uh, and then a rally back in game six forced a game seven. So we're in game seven in round number one, the blues end up forcing overtime and they end up losing to a Mark Shifley game winning goal. The jets are off to round number two. Oh, thank God. That was tight. That was tight for a first round, Adam. I'm a little it nervous was, now. I, listen, I was terrified, but we, we fought back, and now we've got Colorado. Oh, God. Number two. Not getting any better. <laughs> uh, series of getting destroyed in some games and then winning close ones. We end up forcing game seven with a 6-2 to two victory, and then we win that in another close game to advance to our Western Conference final once again against L.A. So that's two back-to-back game sevens. You're, you're cutting this one a little tight here, Adam. I'm a little nervous. Oh. A lot of playoff hockey. Right a lot there. of playoff hockey. Listen, you're not going to want to unclench your buttholes just yet because we got another game seven coming at you with L.A. I wasn't even ready to do so. Let's move <laughs> <it>. <laughs> we end up dropping the first two games at home, but then we win the next two away games. Uh, follow that up with an OT win at home, and then L.A. forces into a game seven. Uh, in game seven, uh, L.A. was leading with a two to one lead with about four minutes to go. Nico Heischer scores it shorthanded. Um, from there, Christian Veselainen, our playoff hero from a couple seasons ago, completely undresses Olimata, uh, leading to a two on O. And Mark Shifley nets the game winning goal. And we're going back to the Stanley Cup final, boys. Oh, my oh God. let's go back to the back. People's Please GM. give it to me. And in the final, oh boy, we have the Winnipeg Jets taking on your brothers in red that we just talked about with the Russians. The oh, jeez. Capitals. Ah, uh, yes. Flyers ever do it. 
The Washington oh. Communists. Let's go. <laughs> Said it, not me. Listen, Washington, go for Bing, not the people. Yeah. I can, I can feel the KGB red dot on my forehead. Where, where are they at? Putin's like, Putin, I'm gonna Putin's get sniped real quick. Yeah, that's how they're gonna infiltrate the Capitol. Oh no! Through the through through the Washington Capitals. <laughs> I love conspiracy so, theories. This is so so fun in the me. final, moving on. <laughs> in the final. Uh, we dropped the first game in overtime. Uh, the next three actually end up going to overtime as well. Uh, I think we win. Uh, oh, yeah. So we won one. Or we won two. Excuse me. We lost one. Uh, we went in game five, looking for the cup in game number six. Capitals look to have game six in the bag. But the Jets rally back to tie the game and force overtime. Oh, come on now. OT winner. Let's go. I'm going to give you three options, and I want you to pick who scores the game-winning goal. Mark Bickley, Patrick Laine, or Kyle Connor. Oh, just just give me Kyle Connor. That would feel so good. I love Kyle Connor the way he plays. I love it. How are you feeling, Matt? Mark Shifley, playoff MVP. All right. Well, Bing, you finally got yourself a winner. Kyle scores and makes the Jets back-to-back Stanley Cup. Yes. On our way to a dynasty, this is our third cup, I think, in like four years. Let's go. I would say if we win another one in the next two or three, I think we've got ourselves a dynasty on our hands, boys. But that's do it for us. Um, Some notable retirements. Adam. Woo. Thank you. Thank you. Round of applause. People's GM. Uh, Just, you know, a little bit of housekeeping. Evgeny Malkin, Nicholas Backstrom, Anze Kopitar, Phil Kessel, Claude Giroux, and... Our cat, our former captain, actually, because of the whole negotiations thing, uh, Blake Wheeler was not named our captain. Our captain actually went to Mark Shifley this year. Oh, okay, I agree with that. Mark Shifley's our captain, and then Line and Josh Morrissey are the alternates. Um, but Blake Wheeler goes out, rides off into the sunset as a back-to-back Stanley Cup champion. You love to see it. You really do. I love Blake Wheeler too. Yeah, he I, he had a great career when I took over. Uh, actually rounded out his career, 449 goals, 763 assists for uh, 1,212 goals or 12 uh, points, rather. Uh, 12, 12 points. Love to see That's got to feel good to to ride out on two back-to-back Stanley Cups and then to retire. Uh, yeah. That's got to feel great. It really must. Uh, I think he was also like 39 at the time. I couldn't believe how long he stuck around. Um, All right. I, well, Adam. I'm hoping he'd stick, but hey. Adam, way to go, buddy. Back-to-back cups. The People's GM is building a dynasty, and we get to witness it. This is lovely stuff, man. I get to be his friend. friend. No, you guys are uh, are my assistant GMs. Yeah, yeah, we kind of help. We kind of help. Bing's Bing's the president of hockey operations, and Fish is the – He's our HR manager. Actually, yeah, he, he handles the he handles the in-house stuff, the the per, the personal. <laughs> he, he feeds me the team emails. He does. He he lets you know the drama <laughs> going. On. He just hangs out with the boys in the locker room. That's all. He just goes down, <laughs> hangs out with the boys. <laughs> all right. That will be the end of episode 11 for On the Power Play. Thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, we're almost at 300 total plays, and that is amazing. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, episode party. 11. And thanks yeah. for listening again, right. guys. Listen, listen to uh, – wait, before we actually end off, listen yeah. to us on Apple Podcasts and leave us some ratings. Yes, that would be awesome yeah. as well. Leave us some five-star ratings, and maybe we'll read some of the comments out if you leave a comment out on the pod. Great plug there, Adam. Totally agree with you. Yes, also listen to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave a rating. Leave a comment. We'd love to read them and, and answer any questions you guys have for us. Also do so on our Twitter or Instagrams uh, at yeah. OTT. Uh, OTPP pod uh, on both Twitter and Instagram. Thank you for listening to episode 11. This has been on the power play signing off with the boys.